So, are you curious? the curiosity codex i am your ardent enthusiast kyle olson you've got the script you've got the money but you can't make a movie without actors and locations mandy fabian is going to give us the inside track on the casting process and how exactly do you find the right actor during a pandemic and we'll get into the joys of location scouting and how bad timing can end up being a good thing plus will she follow quentin tarantino's path and cast herself in her own movie chapter 11 a certain guilelessness. We have the script. We have the money. Yes. Uh, the and so the 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 next two things you need are who and where. Yeah. Uh, in order to start the process of casting, you need two things. Now it depends. Like again, we I think we talked about this. If you're financing your movie by casting someone. Oh right. Yeah. If you have a movie star. Which you can have somebody you read it, and if they get attached, then you can go to a financier and be like, I have so-and-so attached. Uh. Um, but the, here's the trick. This is the catch-22. <laughs> most stars, most anybody, they need, and they all will say this, I need a start date. Oh, right. Because uh, their schedules are very, very tight, re- tightly regimented. Yeah. You need a budget and a start date. It's like, what's the offer? How much are you going to pay them? Right. And when do they? When would they start? What's the schedule? Yeah. So you need all those things in, uh, before you uh, can cast people. Okay. Um, and if you don't actually have it because you don't have that plan, you should have a plan. You should at least have a plan that you're going to say, oh, this is our plan. Yeah. Uh, if you're trying to do the whole thing about getting financing through an actor, right? You, you, right. You should have a plan because if you don't have a plan, they're like, who are you and why would I send my actor to work with you a little bit, you know? Um, but if you're really, really doing it the way that we were, where it was like, oh, this is come hell or high water, yeah. you still need all those things. So you get a line producer to put together a budget. Okay. You say, you know, I either you, you say, make me a budget to tell me how much this is going to cost. And then you go raise that money. Okay. Or you say, I have this much money. <laughs> can we can we do it for this? And then yeah. they'll try to shape a budget around that. OK, so um, how do you find a line producer then? Like, how do you I mean, you look around your your circle and, and people. I mean, obviously, there are people. This is what their job is. But yes, how, I guess. How did you find your line producer? So um, I actually found. The, I think the guy who did the first budget for us was uh, the, he's a UPM or I forget what he is on Better Call Saul. Oh, okay. So we were in, we were originally going to shoot in New Mexico. Sure. And so this guy works on Better Call Saul. He's a phenomenal producer. Um, and, but he, and, but he's also done a, he, his filmmaking is really a passion of his. So he's done a bunch of sort of low budget indie producers. Rob Overbeck is his name. He's a great guy. Okay. And we were like, Hey, we want to do it for nothing. And we want to do it in New Mexico. Is this even remotely a possibility? Yeah. So knowing what you like, because we were going to shoot there, it's better to have a line producer who is from the place. So there was also a movie I was considering shooting in Texas and I had a line producer from Texas uh. do a budget. Um, it's, you know, there is budgeting. There are budgeting programs that generally those people have, or some people are just really good with spreadsheets and can work off of other people's budgets. Sure. There are a lot of specific things in budgets that are like, if you, you know, 
um, you you know, if you're like, I know I'm going to use my neighbor's house and I know I'm going to use, I know I'm going to feed people, this many people for this time of day, and you're kind of a yeah. math uh, savant and you can do that stuff on just a regular spreadsheet, more power to you. But but <laughs> but line budgets factor in things like if you're using union actors, mm-hmm. you know, you, th- you have to minimums. Do, yeah. Yes, there are union minimums. And then there's also like uh, there's payroll taxes oh. and there's different scale. You know, there's different there's all these different uh, fees and pr- things that you don't think about. Right. But if but uh, a there are these budget programs that can help you know how much it's going to cost you to shoot something with a union crew and cast in Utah. And then it can also factor those same numbers for if you're going to do one in Connecticut or Louisiana or whatever. And they can, there are different, different factors that go into a budget based on where you're shooting. So it's a pretty complicated, very specific skill that if you want a real shooting budget, it's best to have a professional do it. Mm-hmm. If you want a loose kind of, here's what we were thinking and you really, really are super micro-budget indie, then it is also something you could figure out yourself. And you leave yourself like a 20% contingency, <laughs> maybe 25, for yeah. all the stuff that you didn't know you were going to have to pay for yeah, or consider. Yeah, and, and overage and, yeah, like and, and yeah. it goes longer. So when you, yeah. when you have that the budget, who all sees it? I mean, obviously you see because you're the director, and they do, but like, does that go out to anyone uh, outside your production team? Does it mean does like producer need to see this? Do the do the the representation need to see this? So if you are looking for any kind of additional funding, mm-hmm. uh, grants or production companies who may want to come in with something, or ah, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think if there was ever. I think it was just grants for additional funding, but like there are things that require. Uh, they're producing um, collectives or places where you can get mentorship. Okay. And for things like that, you need what's called a top sheet, which basically oh, the top okay. sheet tells you in a very um, general way, it's sort of a summary of the entire budget, meaning yeah. here's what above the line is going to cost you, right? And do you know what above the line is? Uh, not enough that, that I would say, yeah, sure, just go on there. Let's explain it to just, just, in case, and just in case anyone who's listening doesn't know. Yeah, and I'm not even really sure. Uh, I'm not even sure if I know because it's hard for me to understand. Because I, I'm like, we're all a team, right? Like, uncle, our uncle's got a barn. Let's put on a show. Yeah, right. But, um, but, but the way that it, it, a budget is separated out on a sheet is that I think it's like director, writer, producers. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain people that are above a, a certain line on a budget. Yeah, and and there may be. Maybe there are more substantial costs, like the people who are getting paid for their script, their directing, whatever, <laughs> if it's not an indie movie. If your camera package ends up costing you $20,000 more or less or, you know, then you there's the budget's always going to be in flux. Until you've paid the check and you know what something costs, yeah. you're constantly going to be shifting stuff around because you have a finite amount of money, but you have numbers that are constantly in flux. Right. So it's a, it's pretty tricky. A, a, a unit production manager or line producer, it's a really big job because they have to make sure that you don't spend what you don't have. Yeah. Well, so um, you, need, you need to find somebody who not only is good with numbers, but also that you trust. Yeah. Because they're the only one who's going to know where all the money is coming from and where it's all going. Yes, and they have to be really good with uh, negotiating, like figuring oh, out yeah. what rates and then negotiating those rates. Right. And then if they're, you know, they generally like, I think they hire the crew, right? So yeah. 
they're telling people what they're making, and then they're yeah. you know telling people, and that means you're going to stay here, and sometimes even like what your credit is going to be is negotiated at that time. Oh, they all sign, they all sign deal memos that say like you know this is what my this is what I'm going to be called on IMDb and on the screen, and you know I'm gonna I get my own room if we stay at a hotel, stuff like that. Oh. Do you know about the Bay Bump? Mm-mm. So um, apparently there is a, a thing for the for production for the crew that whenever they are going to work with Michael Bay, they increase their quote by twenty five percent because they know <laughs> how much time and and mental suffering they're going to put on it. So like they're like, okay, I'll do it, but not for what I normally get paid. And so they oh all add up, and usually they get it because also he you know works in very very big budget things yeah. so they can afford to do it but yeah all these people who know all right i'm probably going to get screamed at probably multiple times it's got to be worth my time and my money well there's always that trade off right like that's how right. low budget things get made is you go well i know this editor works for this but he or she d- or they don't have a-, a feature under their belt yet uh, and they yeah. need that so you know maybe they'll work for less than their regular quote in order to get the credit of right. a feature comedy or horror, whatever it is that they're trying to break into. So, yeah, the budget's always in flux, but it is something that you kind of need so that, well, just so you can go ahead. Because once you start casting, like to me, mm-hmm. everything else can be in flux. You do need a location, right? You have to know where okay. the movie's well, going to sure. happen, depending right. on how specific it is. So, my movie required a campground. Mm-hmm. Right. And it kind of had to feel like the middle of nowhere. Right. It needed nature was a very important part of it. It needed to be pr- uh, a place we could lock down because it's a film set. Yeah. You didn't want to have to be an open camping that people are actually there. Vacationing right, I, had, and things. I had to be able to say quiet. We're rolling and control yeah. noise, um, you know, and then it needed to be a place where you could store equipment safely mm-hmm. and where people could be warm when they were sleeping at night <laughs> oh yes that's what, yeah, you know? I suppose if you're there you're not just going to be going back and forth the entire time yeah they have to, there had to be an actual place for people to stay because it was too far out from town they couldn't go home at night yeah um so, so h- how do you start that search location scouting okay so there's a there's a few things um how did i so because i was doing a wedding movie right I looked at uh, wedding venues. Oh, okay. And I thought, well, a wedding is like anywhere from 50 to 100 people, right? Sure. And sometimes there are destination kind of wedding weekend things where they rent out a place and it's your family there for two days. It's not an uncommon thing. So in a way, I actually thought it would be pretty easy. Um, Sure. And you started in New Mexico because that's where you thought you were going to be shooting? We had a location in New Mexico. In fact, oh. the way that it worked for us, there were there were two possible locations, but we had found this one. Patrick had found one when he was um, he had met some people through film New Mexico, and okay. he he went and looked at this place, and he's like, "I really think this could work for your movie, but you have to go look for it." Now, this is right after COVID, right? So this is the beginning uh, of twenty twenty one. Okay. Not, at, I mean, it was still going on well, actually. Sure. Still going uh, on, right? <laughs> um, but like. You know, it was kind of was out of the time, thick of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And and Patrick was like, go, go. He booked me a ticket. He's like, you're going to go to New Mexico and you're going to go scout this location. And I was like, are we financed? Are we like, <laughs> are we seriously thinking about making a movie in the middle of COVID? Like, that right. sounds 
horrible to me. I'm going to make a movie about intimacy and yeah. friendship. Yeah. You know, and a and an inextricable bond. Like my fantasy was that we would all camp together, or they would all live in the same house. Like that, it right. would be this. How do you create those relationships if you can't even see people's faces? Yeah. And how am I going to do a movie where everybody's, you know, I wear glasses? It'll fog up. Like I was just the idea <laughs> of it too was like, what are you thinking? I don't want to. I don't want to go into my first feature with my hands tied. Right. Right. Um, but I was being a big big weenie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, were, uh, do, you, do you see it now as, as that was the fear talking or like, re, like, no, no, I'm, I'm being sensible. This is an insane proposition. Well, because for years and years and years, I had been like trying to get a movie made and it hadn't got made. Part of sure. me was like, why don't we give it six months and see how, you know, see where yeah. we are. Like it definitely, it did seem sort of reasonable to not try to make a movie during the pandemic. Oh, Although sure. I got to tell you, so many people did. Yeah, I know. I'm actually surprised at how many things we're, actually, oh we're, we're finding now were we're done with that. And, and even at the time when when pre-vaccine that people were, you know, doing whatever they could to to keep stuff rolling. I, uh, I uh, applaud their spirit. Yeah, I know. Me, too. Um, it was. Yeah. So I was really like, oh, God. Um, but yeah, part of it was probably just fear. Also, I was scared to shoot in New Mexico because, like, I'm from L.A. I, all mm -hmm. my relationships are in L.A. I was like, oh, my God. I think we talked about this. Like, if we... It's if an we easier up, ask to, like, hey, come up to Barstow as opposed to, would you mind hopping on a plane in the middle of a pandemic and flying to a state you've never been to? Well, you just can't do that. You would have to pay for people to come. You'd have to pay right. to put them up. You'd have to give them a per diem. You'd, you know, like, it would be... You really have to have a local crew right. in New Mexico. And it's just one of those things of like, oh, our makeup artist fell out. I don't have five other makeup artists in New Mexico I can call, yeah. whereas I do in L.A. Um, so that was a little tricky. But anyway, I get on a plane and I go with Mandy June Turpin, the producer. And, you know, we were like, oh, Another Mandy. yep, I know. Mandy's everywhere. Uh, they're everywhere. I just can't stop. I'm a total <laughs> narcissist. If there's any Mandy's out there, please contact me. <laughs> um and, you know, we so we go and look. The people are great. The place is great. Rob Overbeck is there going, yep, yep, yep. I think we can do this for the budget. And we were like, all right, screw it. Let's greenlight this movie. We called our casting director um, and said, you know, we have no idea what we're doing, but we mm -hmm. have a location and we have a potential date. And so we, we need actors and we have money. Like, we're going to do this. We're just going to figure this out. We're just going to do it. And I was a little bit like, oh, my God. But, you know, so anyway. <laughs> So we yeah. sent out a uh, a breakdown, basically starting the oh, looking, process looking, of like for looking for actors. Yeah, so a breakdown is yeah, it's a breakdown okay. is a, a, a breakdown of all the characters in the movie, right. and all the roles then, that you are trying to cast, and that goes industry wide to all the agents and managers. Oh, okay, and it says, hey, we're doing a movie in March, and we're shooting in New Mexico, okay. and this is what the scale is. This is what the kind of pay that we're offering. Yeah. This is the budget, I, right? And and how how uh, definite are those dates? Are you are you saying like you you're saying like March to to June? I mean like what what is your I mean I know it's an indie film so it's not going to be that long, so, but like how how specific are those dates? You're very specific. I mean, okay. I guess you you could you could say like late March ish. I mean, I guess you okay. could, uh, but it's better to give specific dates. And it's you even for a certain characters you say ten days. Oh, you've already okay. done you've already done the schedule. Right. Okay. And, now, that, and not, that was you that did the schedule or that was, I mean, like the, the, how, how long someone you need someone for. So is that line producer or is that you? The line producer can sort of 
whoever does the budget okay. has roughly estimated about how many days each person needs based okay. on how many pages they're doing and sure. you know and how I, complicated I know. each page is and all that. Yeah, so, it, but, they, it, but they work their their strange math magic. Awfully. Yeah. Okay. Because right. they have to figure out roughly how many days you're going to need a person. Sure. And then later, once you hire your first AD, then they really do the schedule, which okay. is a really cool process. But first, you know, you got your budget. Sure. Now, once you find your location, again, if it's like, if it's like we're eventually going to need a house, like, you know, uh, I knew I needed an exterior of a house. My house was not going to work. Mm-hmm. So I had like four ideas of friends I could probably ask if we could just shoot on their front driveway. Oh, okay. Um, so that was not a location that I needed a lock before we had a start date, right? Because there okay. were many options and we would find something, even if it meant we had to pay something or pay mm-hmm. more than what we had planned, right? So, but... But once, but but if you have a really like, if you're like, I'm shooting a hospital movie or I'm shooting in a in a abandoned warehouse, you really need to find that warehouse before you're going to start casting. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you don't you want to just buy the 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 ten seconds on uh, you know on Shutterstock. Yeah, I think it's important to yeah. It, no, no, no. You have to. You have to. Those are certain things you have to know where you're shooting. Also, because like then we were looking at actors in New York and L.A. because mm-hmm. we were going to have to fly everybody in anyway. Sure. So, so that opened up where people could come from, right? Okay. So, um, anyway, we we send out the breakdown. We start getting submissions. It's all very exciting. I'm talking. You know, I'm thinking about meeting actors. I'm starting to meet with DPs because now mm-hmm. the movie's going. Now I need to find my right hand man or woman. Okay. Uh, and then I get a call from the line producer that basically was like, uh, a couple things have shifted. Mm. Some things had shifted with Saul's schedule. Okay. And then also things had shifted with other production schedules. And he was like, I cannot get you the crew that I thought I could get you in the time I could get, get them. So... Oh you can't do this movie right now for this budget here. If you waited and wanted to wait till September, then we could probably do it here, but I can't guarantee like and I and I wouldn't necessarily be able to be on set. And so mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable saying, you know, he goes, "So you can still do whatever you want, obviously, and I will support mm-hmm. you however I can, but I can't do the job I said I was going to do and so I just want to let you know." And for us it was like, "Oh, well, the only reason, I mean, there were a few reasons we were doing it in New Mexico, but he was the main one. And so for him sure. to not be able to do that job, it was like, oh, you know, that's silly for us to to go there without that yeah. key, key component, right? Right. But we had already put the breakdown out. Yeah. <laughs> so we had started the ball rolling. So what we did, which was kind of naughty, um, although I figured we would work it out, but we started location scouting in Los Angeles because we're okay. like, all right, that's well, it. Yeah, we're gonna so shoot now it. you have a time frame. Yep. And here's the thing. There was this one location that I had seen three years prior. Right. It was a wedding venue. It was okay. a like a, a YMCA camp or something, right? But it was a place where people got married, and I had made arrangements to go and visit it. And I went with my friend. This is back when I didn't even have producers yet. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to go look at places because I want this movie to yeah, happen, a script right? script a dream. Yes. Really, truly. And— um, so I went up with a friend of mine one day, just drove up there. It was beautiful. And I was like, this could work. This is great. Um, and at the time, you know, there was no COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So 
this was asking people to like bunk up in cabins and share share big cabins and like asking everybody to come and like sleep over and camp with me for two weeks. And at the time, you know, both both my husband and, and Mandy, the producer, and like other people too were like, you can't ask people to do that. <laughs> They're not going to want to do that. They say they want to do that and have fun, but what they want to do is be able to go home. Yeah. So Away uh, but, uh, from all yeah. their coworkers. Yeah. Right. So I, I had, I always had that place as sort of like a, maybe it'll probably be too expensive, but who knows? But that, but it was like a last resort, right? Mm -hmm. So we looked at every single dang patch of land or grass or a kid's camp or like any, any place like that was within a 45 minute drive of Los Angeles. So you could ostensibly, it would be terrible, but you could have people drive and go home at the end of the night. Right. Um, so, and there, and there are lots of places, there's plenty of grass, greenery, hey, here's my ranch, you know, you can rent it out for your wedding kind of thing, but not, nothing, nothing worked. Like nothing really felt good. Um, there were places we sort of could have made work, and I was imagining writing the script for the location, you know, because we're still casting at this point. And we're like, we got to figure out where we're going to do this. And so long story short, we, you know, we finally, I was like, what about that place? What about that place? And finally, the producer was like, all right, let's go look at the place. And we went, and she was like, oh, my God, this is it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then because of COVID. Right. I was going to say, like, this would be great because during COVID, there would not be any weddings. There would not be right. any things being rented out. So, so they're just happy to have anyone show up. So this thing that I'm sitting there going, what the heck? Why are we doing this during COVID? Turned out to be the reason that my movie could happen at all. Yeah. Because because of COVID, they weren't having camps with kids. Yep. Right. Because of COVID, uh, people were so sick of their houses, apartments, <laughs> families dying to get away to the beautiful mountains for a couple of weeks for like yeah. a paid vacation, working vacation, you know. And it was great because we had to hire people that were great campers who like to be in the woods. And those are a very different vibe of people. <laughs> you know, they tend That's to be true. a little more easygoing, go with the flow. Like, I'm not going to be freaked out if I'm a little colder, you know. So um, that there was that. And then um, also it was just like they hadn't had any business in like a year. Yeah. So it wasn't like I can't let you have this. First of all, also, because there was no other business, I got to have the camp for a longer period of time. Before, oh. they had a cap. It was like 10 days, like the maximum, yeah. right? But but because of COVID, they were like, please, uh, you know, it, was a, it wasn't name your price, but it was a little name your price because it mm. was like, well, this is what we have. And they're like, we told them that we'll help them reopen the camp. So what we did is we went oh. up for several weekends before we started shooting. We traded off our sweat equity. So we, for several weekends before, would drive up there, sweep out all the cabins, mop, mm -hmm. clean all the walls, get everything. Like we made sure it was clean and nice and good for everybody to come. Wow. We cleaned the kitchen, the industrial kitchen that hadn't been touched in like a year and a half since they were like, whoops, there's a pandemic. Uh -huh. Everybody go home. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So we found the location and we were good to go. And now we just had to find actors. So then do you send out a revised thing to the actor saying like, oh, actually, it's not New Mexico anymore. 
so yeah, when when like you send agents, out a correction or whatever, like a or update. When um, no one really needed to know unless they were seriously in okay. the running, right? Like if sure. you know, once you're interested in an actor, what did happen is there were a lot of people from New York who auditioned who were great, oh. and the minute that we moved to LA, that eliminated them. Okay. Because we could make it local hire. Like oh, there, sure. There would be no reason for us to hire somebody and fly them in from New York or anywhere. Yeah. When we so could, yeah when when you sort of lost the um, the New Mexico crew, mm-hmm. um, then you had to assemble a new one here. Mm-hmm. Did he obviously obviously he, he's well connected? Like, did he have people in LA that he put together, or did that you start from scratch? No, we started from scratch because, again, the whole reason that you want a line producer in the town or area that you're thinking of shooting in is because they have those relationships. You know, they now not necessarily like maybe not the editor or the production designer. The uh, I mean, it depends. Right. Like usually depending on. You know, it's not abnormal for people to bring depart what's called department heads. So if you have a production designer that you work with all the time that you love, it doesn't, you know, you, you could bring them out. But every filmmaking community has their own resources and connections. And True. that's invaluable, especially for a low budget indie. Like, you know, the people who owe you a favor or who you know need business. And so you throw them this business and then they help you with this. Like it's, we're all building each other up constantly. So that Rob's community was, you know, more in Los Angeles. He knows all the Better Call Saul people in L.A., so he knows a lot of people in L.A., but he hasn't shot a bunch of stuff here. Whereas I have been making shorts and pilots and, you know, small things, web series, for years. And so I had all of these people that I'd been on sets with and directing groups that I, you know, so I had a big, and so did the producer, Mandy June, and the other producers, Sarah and Heather, like everybody, we had people. So it it actually turned out to be a great gift to us, even that we were doing it in Los Angeles, because then we could pull favors. So when you, so then you, you, okay, so you have, you have a venue, you have a time frame, and now you put out the call for who you're looking for. How Mm -hmm. does the audition process then work from your side? Are you set a, like, basically, like, here's where we're going to do it and when we're going to do it, and you just have people showing up, or is it, like, just People are still not vaccinated at this point. Oh, okay. So how'd it work? It was all put yourself on tape. Okay. It was all put yourself on tape. Read the thing from the script? Uh I so I as the director picked sure. two or three scenes that I that were the audition scenes and then every actor would do those scenes and then okay. the ca- they would send it to the casting director the casting director would upload all of them so I'd be like let me look at my different choices for Hugh right or okay. you know and then I would go in and I would read not read but I would look at the different auditions and I'd mark the people that I liked and then we would start a conversation but see it was interesting because we were casting couples we were casting best friends from college right we were you know trying to fit people together yeah and just chemistry and and just off of the video you had to like you had to play matchmaker yep yep and then there were even there were some people that were like really really cool ideas but they did not they were not people who would audition mm. and so they had just reels like if they had done okay. quite a bit of work sometimes their agent would just send their reel and sort of pitch them as an idea i always yeah. got to have a, a zoom meeting or something with them then 
Okay. Because to me, that was very important that you get a sense of them. Sure. And yeah. after you sort of looked at looked at their tape and, and liked them. Yeah. Okay. You, to get that, you decide that, that you're interested, thing. and then you yeah. say, "Hey, I want to set up a meeting or something." Yeah, because then you got to find out if they've you know tattooed their face since then. <laughs> well, they're yeah, <laughs> or whatever you know, of, whatever yeah. things have changed, you know. Yeah, there were definitely faces that I recognized, you okay. know. Um, but again, for a micro budget, the way that it kind of sure. works, honestly, is if anybody has any credits. <laughs> yeah, then they're not they're, they're not really looking for this. Unless it's like such a challenging role that they have to have it or, you, sure. you know. Somehow um, it like, you know, crosses their path and find me something interesting. Yeah, know? it was a combination of people sending their actors that just needed like any kind of sure. experience. Right. And then also, um, and they were great too. You know, like my casting director was really great about giving me just choices that she thought were really good. Okay. And, um, she and didn't then do also, the uh, American Idol thing where it just threw in a couple of, uh, of clunkers <laughs> there just so you'd be like, ooh. No, I don't think no? she did okay. at all. No. That okay. would be, that would not serve her or me. That would be, okay. you know, because then I would be like, ooh, really? Is this what you think the role is? <laughs> um, but we got to talk about what we thought the characters needed and sure. and then based on my, like if I'd see auditions and be like, this is not quite the thing. I need this. And then she would sort of think we would then start to think again about different people. It was yeah. a really fun process. It really was like, and, and, and I really, I have to say, I, um, you know, my, um, I was very, it was very important to me that everybody read with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and, and I, that's something that I would stick to because I found it, uh, I found that the people who were willing to at least read or audition, they had a real, a real confidence and it was immediately about the work. <laughs> and it also, it just gave me a chance to have a little glimpse of what it would be like to work with them. Yeah. You know? Are you directing at this point? I mean, so like, like some, when you're, sometimes. when you're in the zoom with them. Yeah, I those are generally for like callbacks or like they're, okay. they're, they're, I, I mean, did do you, a do, session. Do you like give notes to like to try and adjust them to see how they take it? Yes, for callbacks. Okay, and oh, just for callbacks. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say is that like so the lead of the movie, um, Abby Miller, she's a phenomenal. She's phenomenal. She's just a great actress. She's really funny. She can do everything. Um, but she was the lead of my movie <laughs> and it wasn't just me. It was like all the yeah. producers and it yep. was, everything Your, was riding her on face this is going to be on the poster. Yeah. And I knew that the character I'd written was really challenging. And so of yeah. course I'm like, I love her. I love watching her. I think she's interesting. There were many people that I was like, Ooh, I would love to see them do it. But for that character, I really, I needed everybody to, I needed to see, there's no way I could have cast that without uh, some sort of reading or mm-hmm. workshop or audition. It, yeah. it was that important. So God bless her. You know, she was like, of course I will read this with you. And we did. And it, it really put it over the top. It was great for me because then I I knew I could work with her. Yeah. I saw something that was really interesting that I was like, oh, there it is. And mm-hmm. I also, when we were making these decisions, I could sell it to the team, right? Okay. I could explain to everybody why I had decided this is our lead. So can you can you tell me a little bit about why you said like like as as you explained to them like what is it you saw that made the, that person that much different like that you knew that they could be number one on the call sheet? There's a certain guilelessness. There's a certain availability where okay. someone's not handing you 
it, this is my opinion, this is my taste, right? But they're not handing you a finished performance. They're oh, showing up with like an open heart and a willingness to go where you're going. They listen, they play off of what you're feeding them. They, you okay. know, there's a scene where she has to, she's flirting with her ex-girlfriend and like she's seducing her. And we did that scene and I was like, okay, she's going for it. Like, you know, over Zoom, she was, she was, re- I bought it, you know, there was all <laughs> these great things that like. She, she was, she was, and I think that's really what it was. Cause this was, who knew what, the, how this was going to go. Sure. I, I, this was my first feature. And I just, I really needed someone who was rooting for the project, who loved the character, who was willing to just go for it with me yeah. and not have hesitation and not freak out and not question everything. She was so playful and huh. ready for anything that it made me go, oh, that's exactly what I want on set. I want you to trust me completely and then seeing what that she was flexible in that way and and right. and that she also had a good handle on the character that made me go oh i trust her uh-huh. she's going to she's going to be authentically this character which okay. gives my movie you know a better chance of being successful hmm. okay so was she the first person you cast i think she was okay because that would make sense yeah, how are you supposed to cast her best friend or right. her girlfriend? Yeah. Or, you know, so it, it, she was, I think, one of the first people. We had started putting feelers out for some of the other roles. Sure. But we had to know, I had to know uh, what Jess looked and felt like because it was, they were all friends from college. Right. right? So if Jess right. was... So, yeah, exactly. You know, the difference between her 25, 35, whatever, yep. there's a difference. You have to then match the other people to it. Yeah, and a style, too, right? They all have to be sure. in the same film, so their style of acting kind of needs to be oh, similar yeah. as well, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's yeah, a difference to, between... Especially to make your job easier. Yeah, and there's a difference between, like, White Hot American Summer, right? There's yes. a version of this movie that could be very sketchy and broad, yep. you know, and comedic. And then there's people that knew how to do the comedic, but they did it so dry <laughs> and so understated and still playing these real people. Yeah. You know, it was it was just very it was just very interesting process of like get anybody that made me laugh and was having a great time. Yeah. Went and the like I'm definitely considering them. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. So so what was did you what was the hardest I guess then to to nail well, down to to get to the person uh, the, the 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 specific person. Like which role was really tough? Yeah. yeah. Greg, oh my god, casting the groom of the movie oh. was really, really tough. Okay. Um, uh, it was just because he, God, he had to be likable, and he also had to be a real, uh, pardon me, but douchebag. Like, okay. He had to. You had to see why <laughs> Jess didn't like him, mm-hmm. and you had to. You had to give people a feeling of, oh, is she really going to marry him? While also giving people a feeling of, but it's going to be fine because, look, he's just a guy, right? It's he's a just a great guy. Of course it's going to work out fine. Exactly, yeah. 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 It, like, you know, like Bradley Cooper playing the bad guy in um, <laughs> Wedding Crashers, right? Like, he's infinitely yeah. likable, but he plays a great misguided character. Yeah. So that that one was a little tough also because I, I had fallen in love with this actor and he was in my back pocket. I was like, oh, uh-huh. he's so good. He was so good. I was like, I don't know which part I'm going to put him in. So I'm going to hold off and wait and see. Yeah. And then I decided, finally, I was like, let's do it. Let's make the offer. I wanted to play Greg. And then um, he had taken a job. Oh. He had gotten staffed on a show. Oh, wow. he's a, he was a writer. Okay. Um, not to make 
uh, Scott, who ended up playing Greg. Oh, well, sure, Scott sure. Scott was yeah. perfect. I mean, and I had worked with Scott before in a pilot where he and Abby actually had played a couple in a pilot that I did. Yeah. So, um, but he worked out great. He was awesome. He was so funny. And I will use him again and again. <laughs> <laughs> You're de- developing your repertoire of players? Your, you know, your... You know... Anybody who's just game and likes to play around, yeah. you know, it's just, I, I I love actors so much. I mean, I'm, so, yeah. I'm such a fangirl, you know, like I'm married to an actor. I was an actor, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. actors who love to play and bring it and aren't afraid to, you know, get messy and take notes and really, yeah. you know, it, it's just, I love them. I love watching them work. I love helping them refine a performance. Yep. It is such a terrifying thing what they do. It's so yes. scary. In yes. fact, one of the, one of the, my favorite moments, and I don't even know why I did this, and I never asked them actually what they thought, but it was, I think it was right before a big scene with um, Mari, who ended up playing the best, the bride, mm-hmm. uh, Marielle Scott, and then Abby Miller, who played Jess, the main, you know, the lead character. Yep. And I went up to them and I was like, Pardon me, I'm going to curse again. Sorry, mm-hmm. is this an explicit podcast? Am I sure? It can be. <laughs> can you beat me If it's me a good out? one, if not, I can bleep it. <laughs> I basically, I just went up to them and I was like, okay, all right. And I said, let's take a look around. And we looked around at everybody and I go, fuck these people. <laughs> <laughs> and they just looked at me. Oh, what a great direction. I was like, we don't care what they think. We don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. You go play. You have a good time. And they did. It was phenomenal. You know, it was kind of a heavy scene. It could have been, but I wanted it to stay playful. So yeah. I was like, screw these people. You got this. And it worked. <laughs> uh, did you ever think of giving yourself a cameo? Like doing, even even Alfred Hitchcock, you know, uh, sort of like sit in the background or anything? I mean, no, you know, so your, your acting days were not that far behind you. Mm. I was so busy. I was running around and like running back and forth from going and giving direction and to the monitor. Like, I don't think I, I wanted to see every shot and for me to be in a shot, it would have been, but I put my kids in it. Okay. And I, I am all over this thing with voiceover. You can't even. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like the sister that calls in the car. I'm the Siri voice at one point. I uh. do a Yeah. I'm all over it. And that's where we're going to stop the conversation for today. If you'd like to hear more of Mandy's voice, she's got her very own podcast. It's called The Mand Cave, hosting collaboration with her friend Mandy Kaplan. You'll find it wherever the finest podcasts are found. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the next chapter in the Curiosity Codex, but there are still many pages left to decipher. We're part of the True Story FM family of podcasts. Find out more about us at truestory.fm. Our theme music is Intrusion by Severed Personality, a.k.a. Kevin McLeod. The voice of the Codex is Vicki Hall. Find her on the web at vickihall.squarespace.com. And my name is Kyle Olson. The Codex is closed for now.